you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. And Zeus and Mr. Fancy Pants. The Flames need NFL news, and here's their chance. It's ATL around the league. Light a flame, boys. Pig skin's hot tonight. Burn, baby, burn. Welcome back to another edition of the ATL Debate Club. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined, as always, by a man whose Ferrari never met a neighborhood zone it didn't want to speed through, Mark Sessler. Uh, are you trying to link me indirectly to Justin Bieber? A vilified pop star and Mark Sessler, one in the same. Very few parallels. You know, Mark, we've been promising a special guest on the Debate Club for several weeks, and we finally came up with one for listeners and it's a special one right yeah we finally have and i think um well i think we've done a good job here <laughs> we have uh what many people consider to be not only the finest cleveland brown in history right but arguably the greatest football player of all time jim brown thank you for joining us well it's good to be here guys uh, that was a pretty good intro right uh yeah i like it uh, <laughs> all right um <laughs> All right, so I guess we we want to start with what's kind of in the news with you right now. Um, you are now uh, back with the Browns, and at age 77, my question is, what what prompted you to want to be involved still? Well, I uh, don't look at age like a lot of people, you know. I'm old, mm -hmm. and I, don't, I admit being old, but uh, I don't think old, and my kids don't think of me as being old, and I hope my wife don't think <laughs> <laughs> too much about it, but... Uh, I like to be relevant. I like to be involved. I like to make change. And uh, being with the Browns will help me make change. Being with the league will help me make change. And uh, I'm very happy about that. And with the Browns being my my family, I'm back, glad to be back home. You know, it's it was uh, not too comfortable the last three years not being around them. If we would have talked to you a year ago and told you, hey, uh, you're going to be with the Browns in an advisor position again, would you have said I was crazy? Uh, 
No, I wouldn't have uh, looked at it that way because uh, in the National Football League, things change all the time. Right. And I knew that uh, the people that were there were not Clevelanders. Uh, they really didn't have too much to do with Cleveland. They had, you know, Green Bay background and, and Seattle background. And, uh, you know, I don't think they had the love for Cleveland that I would have uh, someone that played there would have. So, you know, you kind of know there's going to be some kind of a change. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's interesting to see what's happened with the club over the last year. Haslam comes in, immediately a very engaged owner. I think that what he brought with him was an energy from the ownership position that fans just hadn't seen in a long time. A lot of... Uh, dedication he he came and he said i'm going to bring this team back to its winning ways i can see why that would attract you uh to come back with him y- your early thoughts on haslam one question that i have is that there is this stuff bubbling up with the uh, the company he owns and the fans just have so much hope in uh what he's shown so far should the fans be concerned about um the the lawsuits that are piling up well we're always uh concerned about things but uh, we take things as they come, and we go by instincts and our intellect. And I am not worried at all about Jimmy Haslam. Uh, I consider him a friend. I consider him a bright human being, a compassionate human being. My wife and I love his wife. And I say that, you know, because they have been very kind to us and have been very respectful of us. Uh, so... If anyone have to worry about controversy, you're looking at it. Jim Brown is, <laughs> is, is brings you enough of that. <laughs> and uh, so life goes on and life proves itself. And uh, when we made the announcement, uh, he didn't seem to be worried about anything. Right. And if he didn't seem to be worried about anything, I'm not going to worry about nothing. So, hey. That was enough for you. That was enough for me. Um, you know, you are – Obviously, as we said up front, you know, viewed as one of the great players of all time. And just from a historical standpoint, if we were to put together a Mount Rushmore of uh, running backs or fullbacks, you would have Jim Brown on there. You would have maybe Barry Sanders, Walter Payton. Is there maybe a guy right now, like a fourth guy in that Mount Rushmore that is playing right now that you think could be viewed 20 years from now as somebody at the level of those names, including you? Yeah, that's, that's a no-brainer. My friend, my dear friend, Adrian, uh, he has had an unbelievable year last year. He came back from an injury that uh, surpassed courage and talent. It was just somewhere up there that nobody's been Mm. in the history of running backs to show that kind of dedication to rehabilitating himself and then having that kind of a year is unprecedented. So I'm glad to be able to say that without hesitation because after him, I would not have anyone that I would uh, put in that class. I mean, you've seen so much, you've been around and you've seen so many great players either playing with or watched as a football fan. I mean, was what he did last year, was that kind of stunning to watch that? Was that something even you were like, wow, how is he pulling this off? Well, yeah, it was uh, amazing because the type of injury 
and the way you have to depend upon your legs. Mm -hmm. You can't uh, bypass the need of those legs and to have that kind of injury and to take on that type of role, the amount of courage that it takes, you can't imagine. Hmm. And it's the only thing that I could really talk about in this manner that I respect on this degree because I know how difficult it is to be injured and just to come back and be all right. But to be that great and to show that kind of courage, man, it's, it's unprecedented. I mean, let's talk about uh, back on the Cleveland Browns, a r- young running back right there, Trent Richardson, who played through a tremendous amount of pain as a rookie last season. Uh, it seemed to uh, really show quite a bit of courage to play through what was a broken rib, leg injuries, never really 100%. You, out of the gate, you had some tough comments about him. Do you, do you, would you like to take any of those back? I know now you guys are relatively close. You've talked a bunch. <laughs> What's your view on him today? My view is that I like him. Uh, he's a tremendous warrior, and uh, he's a real fine running back that has a chance to prove his greatness. Unfortunately, as you said, he was injured, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the things I said about him were not harsh at all. I said he looked like an ordinary back. Uh, that's not a criticism. Mm-hmm. That's a launching pad. Mm-hmm. Uh, what makes you great before you run the ball as a professional player? Uh, Heisman trophies, winners uh, fail all the time. So you never know who's going to, to make that leap in the pro ball and be what they were when they were in college. So if you make this prognostication about how great someone is, before they make that leap, it's an unnecessary comment to make. And the great thing about the comment is how they receive it. Hmm. And if he'd been mad and angry with me and held that as a grudge, then he would have shown something that would be weakness in my mind. But he brushed that off his back like it was a feather. Hmm. He didn't care anything about what I was saying in that sense because he knew he was going to have to play up to his game regardless of what I said. And uh, he tried to do that. If it were not for injuries, he would have had a tremendous year. But uh, we had three or four conversations. They were beautiful conversations. Um, you know, going back to your career, you played nine seasons. Uh, I think a lot of people are just so fascinated that you would step away from the game. Mark and I, before you came in, we were just looking over your stats and what an amazing final season you had. You go into movies. You retire and you go into movies. Um, as a fan of sports movies, I, I find it interesting. I'm sure when you uh, began as an actor, you were getting a lot of scripts for movie-type projects. Is that safe to assume? Some degree. Yeah. And, you know, my question to you, and I wonder if you agree, is, you know, there have been a lot of great baseball movies and, you know, there have been great basketball movies. And there have been some good football movies, but there, there hasn't, hasn't been maybe a definitive football movie or many. Are you, are you surprised that there aren't more great football movies out there? Well, any, any given Sunday was a tremendous That's one of movie. them, yes, that, which, uh, which you were great in. Yeah, well, I was in it, and, uh, you know, it... But you're right. It's like there should be more great football movies because it has everything, you know, that it, it has everything that it should have to be able to be show greatness. 
I don't know why there hasn't been, but you know, behind the scenes, there's been three or four. But like you say, there've been some great baseball movies, and that took it to another level. So I'm stumped. You finally got me. I don't know why. Uh, I can't give you an answer to that one. Well, I was. I guess my other question is: you were you've been out in L.A. for a long time, been acting for decades now. Did you ever think to yourself, maybe I'm the one that could put together a great football movie with the insight you have? No, I wouldn't want to put together a, a, a football movie. Uh, I, I saw Clinton, uh, Tarantino, just did a film, Django yeah, Unchained, Django. and uh, I thought it was a brilliant film. Mm. And so when I look at movies, I look at it across the board. And the people that I know and respect loved it, and then other people didn't like it. Right. And I, I, when that movie was over, I stood up in the theater and I laughed. Hmm. I did. I just laughed, man. It was like, holy smoke, this was funny. Yeah. And it was a, it was laughter of respect for Tarantino to be able to say so much in the way that he did it. Right, he's audacious, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a good word, and uh, I just love the film. Yeah, and Willie yeah. Beeman, you're a co-star. <laughs> yeah, from any yeah. Given Sunday. Yeah, Can you Django. Yeah. With any given Sunday, what was it like? You had some pretty intense scenes with Pacino. I mean, you guys looked like you really were one as a coach and assistant coach. What was it like uh, acting with him? Oh, it was great. You know, Al Pacino is one of our great actors of all times. And he's a hell of a guy. And he's one of those guys that likes Sinatra. He likes you, he doesn't like you. <laughs> so he liked me, so I was cool. <laughs> and we got together and played chess and, you know, hung out a little bit. And it was a great time because we had a lot of uh, good people on that movie. And Oliver Stone is, uh, he's different. You know, he's, oh, a different, yeah. he's a different dude. Yeah. So he must have fired 20 people. <laughs> but uh, Al Pacino is a fine actor, and I enjoyed working with him tremendously. And I enjoyed it with the respect of me not being in his class and but accepting the role and playing it to the best of my ability without fear of Al Pacino. Right, but so it was. Uh, it was that way I looked at. It. it was the way I looked at it. Well, one of the reasons that you're with us today is because uh, back in March the NFL agreed to pay out 42 million as uh, part of a settlement to a group of retired players who uh, have challenged the league over basically using their names and images without consent. I know that's an issue that's important to you, and you're the chairman of the board of the Retired Pro Football Players Association. And you're trying to get former players to sign this settlement. Is that correct? Do you want to address that issue? Yes. We want all of the players out there to understand that this is a great opportunity for them uh, because the this will be probably the only chance we'll have to have players who were not stars be able to benefit from something that the National Football League uh, has set up. And uh, the fund that uh, has been set up is for the benefit of any player and all players. 
And so a lot of our players that are suffering now will get help. Mm. Okay. And then we're working towards a health plan that uh, can support everything else that's going on in that, that particular direction. But uh, it's so important to have that fund available to all players and then to be able to hire a firm that can deal with the licensing of uh, our names and, and images and so forth and so on and to have that develop into a major fund. So it would be the first time that former players will have anything like this to work with. And the great thing about it is that the judges has basically guided us down this road because they know that anything that would come from the standpoint of individual monies with 20,000 players and talking about putting enough money up to be able to split that uh, sure. among the players would mean that we all get $100. Right. <laughs> you know, and but with this, you have a continual fund, and that fund is controlled by a board of <clears throat> former players and nobody else, just seven of us are the board. I'm the chairman of the board, and we can set out to deal with the most extreme cases of need and work our way backwards. So. I think it's a tremendous opportunity. And there is no other alternative because if you say, well, Jim, we don't want to deal with it, then I say, well, I'll just go my way and and sue them for my image. And I have a real good chance because I'm using a whole lot more th things than 99% of the other players. Mm -hmm. So those of us who are working for the good of all uh, is working at possibly a sacrifice of our own individual wealth, but that's okay because it's time that a lot of our players who've never been recognized and who've never been looked out for have a chance to benefit from the National Football League. Well, Jim, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. It really is an honor. And I just want to say, before you go, Mark Sessler, he hasn't said it, but he is a big Cleveland Browns fan. Can you tell Mark <laughs> that the Lombardi Trophy is going to get to Cleveland? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'll tell you what. You'll see a, a slow change. And at some point within the next five or six years, you're going to see something that's going to really make you feel good. Coming from you, I'll believe it. Doggone <laughs> all right. We're going we're gonna to put everything we have into it, and uh, it's going to produce. It's going to make a, one city in this country very happy. Yes. Jim Brown, thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you guys for having me. All right. And there he goes, Jim Brown. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're not. That was pretty impressive, huh? I'll tell you what. Uh, we've had other guests here before, some unimpressive but other impressive uh, individuals. There was a bit of uh, there was a feeling in the room. Am I wrong? Yeah. I mean, he's like one of those guys. I mean, he's one of the players in this league in the history of this league that he kind of changes the temperature when he walks in the room and that's that's you know you shake his hand and, and that's Jim Brown so that was that was pretty cool I mean it was it's telling to me that a he said right off the bat I don't think about age 
Right. I want to stay relevant. It, you know, two things. He's still involved in the team that he calls his family and uh, this this effort. Right. At at the end, in terms of helping retired players. Oh, I mean, what was that, by the way? They they, they wanted to. Well, there is a website. I guess if you're a former player and you're listening to this, um, if you want to sign this settlement, which sounds important. You can go to a website. It's uh, www.profootballretiredplayersassociation.com. Yeah. You can sign and it right he's there. At the, he's at the front of – he's the chairman of the board for that. So, I mean, this is something – he doesn't have to be involved with this. I'm sure Jim Brown is doing pretty well financially. But, you know, he's decided – and that's what he said to us. You know, the reason why he hasn't left the Browns, he likes being involved. He likes being, you know, plugged in with the players. So, uh, that yeah, that was that was pretty cool. I like the guy because, and I I think we knew we knew this about him to some degree going in. He doesn't mince words, and we were we had come up with some of our questions beforehand because we do on occasion prepare for this in show. Bar, it's usually in a bar, but yes, it's the setting where we come up with the preparation is often questionable. But I think we felt like we could ask him anything. It wasn't a guy that you have to you know tiptoe around. He'll answer any question. And now give me an honest answer right now. I mean when. Jim Brown tells Mark Sessler that what, what was his exact wording? Was it in five years or something? I think it says a change is basically change happening. Change is happening. Yeah. Obama style. But he's saying something very special is in store. Well, you got to be, you got to stay alive, Mark, for five years. Yeah. It's, well, I, you know, hopefully gonna that's in the cards. You know, what's going to happen. It's going to end up being one of those final destination situations where what Jim Brown said is exactly true. However, uh, different things are going to start happening to your life where you're, you know, you're going to step and there's going to be a helicopter blade that goes by you or, you know, a school bus that comes out of nowhere. So you just keep your head on a swivel is what I'm saying. Yeah, nothing stage. comes easy. <laughs> now, you know, we he t- we talked about any given Sunday and I love talking about uh, anything with Jim Brown's uh, Hollywood career because it was it's run. I don't know. I don't think he's doing much acting anymore, but. You know, he went from 65 through the 90s, uh, dozens of movies. Any Given Sunday uh, was the movie that the football film that he was in. And it is a good movie. I know you really you really liked it, right? When it came out, you went to see it with your dad in the movie theater. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we, you know, the Internet has a very, <laughs> very deep memory. The Internet never forgets. And, you know, we did some research on Mark Sessler oh, and boy. Any Given Sunday. And we came across a chat in WashingtonPost.com, and it has that, you know when a story is old on the internet, when the font has that very, really, like, Times Roman feel to it? It was possibly written on a typewriter. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the HTML is very crude. But here we go. From New Haven, Com- Connecticut, uh, a young Mark Sessler wrote to Oliver Stone, the director. Excuse me. Incorrect. Wrong town, buddy. Wrong town. Ridgefield, Connecticut. There he is. It doesn't even doesn't even give your name up top, although at the bottom I see it does. Let's read what a young Mark Sessler, filled with joy and wonder, wrote to Oliver Stone. <laughs> uh, once upon a time, thank you, Internet, for all the great things you do. Oliver Stone, your movies bring inspiring power and force to the medium. Wow. That's <laughs> one, <laughs> right off the bat. One reason I have started to make my own films, exclamation point. Still waiting for those. How do you approach the editing of your films? comma, the flash cuts, comma, grainy images, comma, etc. And then parentheticals, the shadow figure alone in the stands in any given Sunday, question mark. I would love to know what you see in your mind as the story develops within. You must have your own screenplay version with all these images included. It's a question, I guess. Yours, comma, not yours truly, just yours, Mark Sessler. Oliver Stone. And, you know, it's funny. He gives Stone... 
gives an, a rambling, incoherent answer. Oh, very answer. technical because, you know, I know that is number one. I Had I had like seven cups of coffee before I wrote that? <laughs> I, something's wrong with me. They gave seven cups of coffee to a nine-year-old? Wow. Well, I was not nine. I'm not as young as you think I am, but uh, it... I look. I seem. I seem extremely naive in my in my question. It's, there, a, it's kind of adorable, and you know, Jim Brown cracked me up because he said that Oliver Stone fired twenty people <laughs> while shooting a, a football. Well, movie. which doesn't actually surprise me because Stone is a a total loose cannon. Um, and if you want to search it out on the internet, his answer is a bit loose cannony to me. I'm yeah, not sure it, what he's talking about. Then, yeah, if you if if you want to find out how Oliver Stone answered Mark, you know, test your Google skills. But listen, let's go back to what Brown told us about his Mount Rushmore. Um, we teed him up a little bit. I mean, I guess Adrian Peterson is almost the obvious answer is a guy that can join Brown and Walter Payton and Barry Sanders on that type. That's just my Mount Rushmore. Do you disagree with the, those three names? I mean, it's hard to disagree. Yeah. With, I mean, I, could, I wonder if there's a, a fifth guy you could add to that. Um, you can't do that on Mount Rushmore. It's four guys. Everyone knows that. No, and I'm just, you know, it's at some point, did we put another president on the side of that? Never. Mountain? You cannot ever mess with Mount Rushmore. I'm very serious about this. All matters South Dakota related. I'm very serious. <laughs> All right. Well, that's fair. Uh, it doesn't sound like Trent Richardson's getting on that, on that mountain then, according to you. But I do think that, yeah. again, he, he, he didn't say... And I think we thought we, he would, but he didn't backtrack or anything. He basically said, I stand by what I said. To everyone else, what he said about Richardson was this big hubbub. But he's basically saying you haven't arrived as a rookie before you've played a game. Well, I have a theory on this, and I guess I could have brought it up to him, but it's a little it's a little Alverstonian, so I won't do it, is that when he made that comment, that was when he was in the period of falling out with uh, the previous ownership. I don't think... And the reason I brought up his age, 77, is I don't think he thought this time last year that he would ever be closely associated or at least professionally associated with the Browns ever again. So maybe in a Joe Namath type of um, you know tongue, he said, listen, I don't think this guy's that good. Not thinking he was going to end up being back in the Browns organization. Ownership changed over pretty quickly. And Haslam came in and apparently has a really nice relationship with Haslam. And now all of a sudden he's in a bit of an awkward uh, situation because now he's in the organization with Richardson. But at the same time, you're Jim Brown and you don't you don't have to worry about what anybody thinks about what you say. Yeah, and if, if what he says is going to happen, if that comes true, uh, Richardson, Jim Brown, Haslam, all of them might be in a better place than they are today. So I don't know. How do we top Jim Brown going forward in terms of getting a high-profile guest? Because now that, that has to be the ground floor. Maybe we can get, I don't know, uh, the Pope possibly. Yeah, we'd have to go outside of football circles. So that, that opens up the, the range of possibilities. I'm but, on the case, guys. Don't worry Right. About we've it. got Wilk. Who, oh, we uh, do? Actually, that's you right. Know, we've got Wilk. We don't want to say, uh, we don't want to tease it too much because it's a lot of pressure on Wilk. This Jewish kid from North Hollywood has connections at the Vatican, so don't they, worry about getting the Pope. So you wouldn't think that, but that's why Wilk is such an unpredictable talent behind the glass. I think now when we tell people we got a guest coming, it's it's possibly true. And we do have someone coming next week. It's a believable lie now, yeah. <laughs> no, we may have someone next week. We're working on something behind the scenes. Don't let us down, Alex, okay? I'm sorry. I won't. You've already sort of let us down on the same guest, so I'm going to provide reinforcements. I don't know what you're talking about. You're talking in circles, okay? Listen, that uh, we should probably wrap it up now. Uh, Mark needs to go celebrate because the Browns apparently – are Super Bowl 53 champions? It's never too early to start celebrating. Feeling a lot of hope. So much hope in the room right now. And uh, 
until next week, we'll let Mark go out on that note as a champion of the future. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.